1: One young fella who was there, um, the car fire was so bad that he, he didn't know where the door handle was or how to open the door. Just his frustration with not being able to get this poor bloke out. But anyone going through a traumatic situation like that often are frustrated with themselves that they couldn't have
2: got that person out of the car earlier. That's Mark Bateman, Motorsports Chaplain with Sports Chaplaincy Australia. But that's not the only hat that Mark wears. Interestingly. He also specializes in responding to critical incidents and disasters in his role with rapid response ministries. I'm Eric Scatabo and on today's Focus on the Family Australia, we've asked Mark, based on his many years of responding to tragedies, what is the best way to help a loved one through a traumatic experience? And is there anything we can do or say to best comfort someone and help them heal? That's what we'll be discussing on today's Focus on the Family Australia with Focus CEO Brett Ryan. We start off today's conversation with Chaplain Mark Bateman by finding out a little bit about his background and how he came to be involved in both motorsports and being a chaplain who responds to tragedies.
1: Uh, we grew up in the bush and uh, part of my love and passion as a little boy was speed and uh, so it commenced me on a pathway of being a real, a real petrol head. I can remember stealing dad's lawnmower. <laughs> Engine and putting it in our Billy cart, which uh, was a whole bunch of fun. Till Dad got cranky and said he wanted it back, and <laughs> and then we built some uh, paddock bashes and mucked around in the paddocks. And uh, but then we uh, Dad got pretty upset with us when my brother rolled his car, so wanted us into some sort of motorsport environment. So gave my heart to the Lord when I was uh, 22 years of age, and so became a petrolhead pastor. And yeah, uh, how do so, you combine those? two? Yeah, interesting combination, isn't it? But uh, I, I love it, and so um, as I was shepherding and pastoring churches, I uh, was busy working with growing church, but at the same time had uh, a chaplaincy uh, responsibility to, to the motorsport family, and so I would attend racetracks, and so that really met my, my passion and love for motorsport, but at the same time, I was able to grow a church. It was around 2004, I really felt God just shepherded my heart towards caring for the community. So um, that's the role I've taken on and uh, it's it's a reality that uh, trauma faces families regularly and we've got to work out how we
0: can best and care for them and shepherd them through tough times. I'm sure at the racetrack you've seen your fair share of accidents and that's where your rapid response training and uh, experience has led you so you can actually be really effective in that environment. Can you tell us an example of those types? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Um,
1: motorsport is a, is a dangerous sport, and uh, when it all goes great, we all go home safe. It's great, but from time to time, we do have where things go horribly pear shaped, and uh, uh, it's one of those times where you know things do happen, which either we can have serious injuries or we can have loss of life, and that's where then uh, my heart then really reaches out, and the shepherding and the pastoral care that comes around someone going through the loss of a loved one, someone who is uh, going to take a, a long-term recovery, healing pathway. Um, yeah, an example of that would be one of our young fellas in the speedway uh, hosting a, a title down at uh, Warnable Track. And um, yeah, he, he tagged the wall when Airborne came down very hard on, the, on all four wheels and part of the drive line penetrated through the bottom of the seat and he had several fractures in his back and neck took us uh, a long time to get him out of the car, and uh, but his recovery pathway now has been a little over a year and he's still got a long ways to go. But that's where you can come alongside Shepard and encourage, uh, be proactive and support people, uh, but also help diffuse some of the trauma that they're going through by using some skill sets, which I think uh, are great resources, great
0: tools for us all to get on board with. Your role hasn't just been confined to the racetrack. You've actually been at other traumatic and quite horrific situations. Yeah, look,
1: part of uh, developing Chaplaincy with Chaplaincy Australia was that uh, we wanted to be community prepped. And so we would go into communities where... Uh, a a critical incident had happened or a disaster of some kind had happened. And, um, you know, it's difficult enough for those that are already under duress to have to respond to that. But then uh, to have uh, some peer support come alongside you and actually help diffuse some of that trauma or diffuse some of the logistics that go around a trauma, then that's where the chaplain's role will certainly fit straight into that. An example of that would be um, during um, 2006 we had uh, a car out of control skittled 15 young people up in Mildura and um, we have a quite a large transporter which uh, we can use when we go into an area like that. The incident happened quite a few kilometres out of town and a lot of the uh, students who are friends of the five that died and then young Tom died in Adelaide Hospital later on but they all wanted to come out to where the incident had happened. And so we parked the transporter near there, and we were just uh, just caring for people in some simplistic ways. Uh, it was stinking hot, 40-odd degree days, and it was just a matter of people needed water, people needed sunshade, uh, some people needed uh, sunscreens, and and it was just proactively supporting people. But the amazing thing happens just having a presence is that people then begin to connect with you and then from that connection then people begin to then take on board some of the courage that you're trying to put into their hearts in handling this matter and so uh, it's great just to be simplistic but proactive in that Mm. regard
2: now, if I remember correctly, one of the things that happened in this situation, and it's pretty common when there is a tragedy of this sort, is that people want to get together and kind of have a vigil and meet at the spot of the tragedy. Is that what was happening? This is
1: exactly what happened. And, uh um, you know, it's it's difficult because parents are already affected as well, mm-hmm. and so their children are affected. That tears the heart of mum and dad up as well. And so, uh, to have these other support networks come around the family at this time, it's just uh, it's just a beautiful way to help people transition through crisis.
2: And another thing that happened was they were so much in grief that they weren't thinking about practical things like putting on sunscreen. You know, they're just there trying to comfort each other. And so somebody needs to say, well, hey, you know, you need to take care of yourself here.
1: And look, without sort of making a big deal about it, it's just a matter of putting a a bottle of water in someone's hand, Mm -hmm. just a matter of getting a hold of 50, 60 hats and putting them on kids' heads. It's just a simplistic because often in grief, some of the practical issues just fade out of the equation. And uh, when they're uh, you know, so upset themselves and they're just supporting each other, and but it's, it, it can work where if you can provide some simple support around a situation, then you diffuse the thing from becoming more and more
2: drastic or worse. I think a lot of us would say we have no idea what to do. We're not specialists. We're not trained in this area. But I think all of us can provide a meal, provide sunscreen, you know, just some practical things. So that would be like step 1 in helping a loved one through a tragedy. Absolutely. Experience.
1: Look, it's just an expression of uh, kindness and support. You know, we we hear of uh, simple acts of kindness makes a big difference in people's lives. And uh, often it's not until post the event and people have, you know, well recovered that they think back and they see these little snippets of support and love that yeah, we Yeah, you have a story like that? Yeah, look I, I do. There's a situation with uh, on this same scenario with the young people up in Mildura um, that the, the families they didn't know what to do and so we were able to help parents then in saying hey listen here's some here's some things that you can do reassure your children that's one most important tool that you can have a second powerful tool is to validate people's experiences too many people uh, are feeling weird they're feeling funny it's an experience they've never had to have before so at times it can be that it seems like what's wrong with me am i am i going crazy but also um you know that validation that normalize and that reassure those three key points if we if people can just come around a person you're not trying to correct them or you're not trying to take charge of their lives you're just you're just putting some support network around a person that helps diffuse it's like a parachute it takes some of the pressure off of hitting the ground too hard so it's just coming down slowly just helping people come down and get back into every day so we're supporting families Mm-hmm. And so mums and dads were trying to encourage them to get normality back into and maintain routine in the in the kids' lives. And so that took a lot of duress because what to do is often a little bit vague mm-hmm. uh, because of the severity of an incident. Helping a the family then just to uh, what's the next steps and then working through those steps.
2: And of course, you and I met several years ago after the uh, Victorian bushfires, and. Sometimes it's hard for chaplains to realize they're having an impact, but it's kind of subtle, isn't it? It is subtle. Um,
1: No one can not appreciate just the presence of somebody there supporting them. I think an illustration for that would be one of my girls who was uh, working up with the Victorian bushfires on Black Saturday, and one poor mum had lost three daughters. Mm -hmm. Her heart was torn out. My chaplain is sitting with her and just sort of providing water, just looking after her, doing simple little tasks, But my chaplain returned into the debrief for the night time and sort of felt like, I'm a failure, I can't do this. And if I can pause that story there and then jump to the funeral, this beautiful mum got up to honour her three daughters. But one of the comments she said was, the person I need to thank the most was the chaplain who just sat with me. We can't appreciate how much just being a support for people and having a presence there is so valuably
0: powerful. One of the greatest gifts that one can give is your presence Absolutely. It's not the words it's not the meal, it's simply your presence.
1: Yeah look and, and sometimes some people aren't touchy-feely type people, they just don't want your hands on or they just want you to be there and just, just take some of the, the logistical issues that are surrounding that and dealing with it and taking the pressure off and that's part of the diffusing. Simple but very powerful.
2: Our guest today is Chaplain Mark Bateman, who is active with both Rapid Response Ministries and Sports Chaplaincy Australia. We'll have more of this discussion on how to help a loved one through a traumatic experience when we return right here on Focus on the Family Australia.
0: The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au Here at Focus we love to hear from listeners. It is really encouraging. So we invite you to give us a call or email us to let us know how Focus has helped you or your family. Our telephone is 1300 300 361 that's 1300 300 361. Or if you'd like, you can send us an email and tell us your story at response at That's response at We look forward to hearing from you.
2: Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia, where today Focus CEO Brett Ryan and myself are talking with Chaplain Mark Bateman. He's active with Rapid Response Ministries and Sports Chaplaincy Australia and we're discussing how to help a loved one through a traumatic experience. Your love for sports and your love for people, it's a it's a marriage made in heaven. Yes.
0: As someone who loves sports, you obviously earn the right to speak into people's lives. Tell us a little bit more about that. Look, I think that's most important. I think that it's rude
1: to assume that you have the right to do something Mm. unless you've earned that right. And so But for me, um, environment or relationships, um, having that sort of place where, and see, being a petrolhead at the racetrack, I'm in my domain. And so I talk to people and enjoy our discussions about the sport that we love so much. And so it's in that setting that um, I think just by building friendships and enjoying the journey with people that uh, over time you build that Depth of friendship to where you have the right to speak into a person's life, but to assume that would be wrong.
0: Have you got an example of that type of
1: story? Yeah, look at uh, one young fella. We had a situation where uh, one of the cars—it was uh, a fiberglass molded car. Um, often the cars can be just be big motors in the chassis with a with a looker like body, and that was fiberglass and. He had a fuel fire on board and started at Turn 7 and went right around to Turn 4 before he was aware that the car was on fire. The moment he pulled up, the fiberglass was well alight. and Next thing, the car's consumed in fire and and uh, so all the uh, fireys uh, scrambled to the incident and so one young fella who was there, um, the car fire was so bad that he, he didn't know where the door handle was or how to open the door to get the driver out and so they were drowning the car in in extinguisher fluids to try and douse the fire down but uh, just his frustration with not being able to get this poor bloke out and uh, he got quite badly burnt and uh, we managed to get him out, get the fire under control but anyone going through a traumatic situation like that often are frustrated with themselves that they couldn't have got that person out of the car earlier. So I was working with this young fella and, uh, you know, it was hard. He really had, he was mean on himself because he he, he felt he should have done better. And uh, that's one of the issues that tend to arise. And so if I can bring back in those words of, uh, you know, validate, mate, you were doing very good, you did your best, um, you know, reassure, you know, we got him out. And also to normalize, mate, anyone would feel the way you're feeling right now. It's just, oh, it tears it's your cool. heart at stuff. Well, um, it was uh, several years later that he said, Mark, I'm getting married. Will you do our wedding? I said, I'd love to, man. (laughs) So uh, um, we were doing some pre-marriage training, and I'm a believer in you don't just give people golden handshakes and they all live happily ever after. You've really got to love on people and provide them with some depth to understand where they're going in this uh, big change in life. It was during one of those courses that we had a chat and – He got a little bit teary, and and I said, mate, is there any face in there? And he said, yeah. He said, when I was uh, 17 years old, he said, I was swimming and doing some body surfing on a beach, and suddenly a big wave just boomed all over me and drove me down deep. He said, I went down so deep, he didn't know which way was up. And he said, it was so bad that uh, I was out of air, and all I could think was, God help me. He said, "A big hand grabbed him by the head and pulled him to the surface." And he took his big gasp of breath. And uh, I said, "Man, that's it. You've had an encounter with God." He said, "Yeah." He said, "It was incredible." He said, "Well, where did it go to from there?" He said, oh, "I've never really followed up." And he said, "Well, hey, would you come to church with me on Sunday?" So here we have, over the period of now years, we've had this right to speak into this young man's life. Hmm. Comes to church with me one Sunday. And a preacher preaches the word and gives an invitation. Who wants to invite God into their world? He puts his hand up and says, me, I want to. And here we are having a hug and you know, after church, and he just says, man, I can feel the love. It's unreal.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can't get better than that. That's something which, for me, typifies the role that a chaplain or anyone who's a mate of somebody earned the right to speak into their lives. And having earned the right, then taken one step closer to God on a journey which might be over years. And it can take time. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't always happen all at once. I think we'd like it to happen faster, but the uh, reality is that if people are taking one step at a time, then it's it's consolidated and it comes to
0: where when they make a decision for God, it's 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 a big decision and a right decision. You talk about this idea of just help coming alongside people and you're so natural at it. For those listening to us today thinking, well, it's easy for Mark to say it, help people understand what they could do when someone does go through a grief situation yeah good point look i, I think uh, i'm a believer in just
1: be there let your presence be there anyone who cares even if they don't know what to do just be there and it's only a matter while you're there don't try and take over a person's life because that's getting towards interfering but if you can just support them and uh, you know care for them and Let them vent, them talking, them venting, them getting it off their chest. This is where you can use those three key points again, validate, reassure, normalize. If we keep working on those sort of principles, then whatever, because of trauma is is unusual to many people, when you're in it, you don't know which way's up. But like this young fella underwater, mm. and it's only when someone comes in, like that big hand of God, and just says, "Here, come this way," and mm. it's just you—you you bring people this way through providing that those three caring points and help people then come into uh, where they do find as an interesting um, way that that's exampled by uh, Professor Rob Gordon. He's from the RMIT. He did a lot of training with our chaplains. He says, everyone has a safe zone that they live in. You feel like you can reach out and touch all the different areas of your safe zone. But he said, when trauma strikes, then a hole gets created in your safe zone and you feel like you get sucked clean out of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's that experience of being drawn out where you, I don't know which way's up anymore. It's that duress that a person's feeling there rob gordon says get them back in their safe zone as quickly as possible and the way you do that is by normalizing that the way that they're reacting it's okay it's normal it's your experience no no one else it's not the same as someone else's that doesn't matter it's it's your experience so help them normalize validate that it's a it's it's a real thing that you're
0: going through because grief is not set by a textbook because everyone experiences grief differently and and the stages of their grief as well absolutely so he says, validate, reassure,
1: normalise, get them back into their safe zone. When they're back in their safe zone, 90% of their safe zone is back intact again. So you don't have to work on a small amount. But when they're out of their safe zone, then everything's abnormal, everything's weird. And that's how post-traumatic stress disorder can develop. So he's keen to see us get, back, uh, get people back in. So um, I'm passionate about that. Let's Let's be just simplistically but proactively
0: helping people get back into their safe zone. But how do you find also your faith helps in this situation? Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate believer that God cares
1: for us. And me being a, a God lover, or as some of my friends would say, a God botherer, <laughs> um, one guy calls me the devil dodger. And, uh, but the reality is that uh, um, I, I, I just feel that God's heart and hand is reaching out towards us to help. And so I want to be the bridge that connects that together. Um, You don't go out there with that as your primary goal. That's just uh, a part of the character that you carry with you. Mm. Um, Part of that earning the right is uh, it draws that way. But see, for me, I I never want to leave a person and not give them some hope. I'm a believer that God is a God of hope. And so I'll often ask the question towards the end of um, when we've been working with someone, hey, listen, can I have a word of prayer with you before I go? And uh, majority of times I get, oh, I'd like that, thank you. And one one beautiful illustration of that would be one one dear fellow who was he was uh, dying of cancer and he was in the last hours of his life and yeah, I was talking to him about making peace with God and and he said, oh, he said, uh, I'm I'm afraid and he quoted some of the things that he'd done through his life and some of the duties he had to do in his job was pretty horrendous and, and horrific, and he didn't think that God would ever forgive him. Then when it came to, but mate, uh, God is the God who can forgive us of sin, and whatever we've done wrong, he's willing. So, would you like to make your peace with God? And he said, I'd love to. And he started to climb out of bed and sick in his very sickened condition. I'm saying, no, no, no. He says, well, what are you doing? He says, oh, well, I'm trying to, trying to kneel. I said, no, don't kneel. Stay in bed. You're quite fine. And so we prayed a simple prayer, he repeated it and then uh, at the end of the prayer he leant back in his bed and said oh that feels so good yeah. and that's where peace and hope comes into a person's heart so you know drop some of the, uh, the Christian ease um, just be down to earth and real ask for God's love and mercy to gather around a person and for peace just to overwhelm them and uh, it's a simple prayer in Jesus name
0: And and you see God do marvellous things on the front line, I love it You mentioned the word front line. You are on the front line. You're giving out a lot. Yeah. And giving out and caring for people is very draining. So are you caring for yourself? Yeah, I've
1: got to care for myself. I've got a very studious wife who manages uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the amazing thing is I find that the venting that I'm encouraging a person to do is the same thing that I need to do as well. So when I get home, I don't tell my girl what... I saw, she doesn't need to know that sort of stuff, and that will probably push us away from each other. But if I tell her how I feel, I I, uh, I had an incident last night where I had to attend. A young fella had died by a car, high speed, into a truck. I can't tell her what I saw, but I can tell her how I feel. She gives me a hug. Somehow, makes it better. Um... I've always been one to where my heart must leave a lot, I I don't mind that, but I think it's that honesty, that transparency that you can be, uh, before God, raise your hands and say, God, what a mess, help, in the same way that your your, your soulmate gives you a hug, seems to have a way of melting that away, and I've got another mechanism which if I need to can be called upon, and that is one of my mates who's a psychologist he he barbie my wife is able to ring him and say hey listen you need to talk to mark and i've promised barbie that i will answer any question that he asks honestly and if i'm not doing well and if i've got a blind spot which is i'm 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 not seeing well then uh let him bring it out and we'll deal with it the good thing is that gives barbie then the, the, the safety net that uh, she can trust that uh her man
0: is out doing what he's wired to do, but uh, it's not going to bring us undone together. Mark Bateman, you're a true hero of helping many people across this great nation, going through trauma, going through some horrific things. We need more Mark Batemans around this world. God's richest blessing upon you and right. your ministry.
2: Cheers. Our guest today has been Chaplain Mark Bateman, who's active with Rapid Response Ministries and Sports Chaplaincy Australia. You can reach him through Sports Chaplaincy. Com. That's sportschaplaincy.com.
0: Well, we trust you've been encouraged by what you've heard on today's Focus on the Family Australia. For more family advice, our website is families.org.au. That's families.org.au. And if you'd like to order a copy of today's program, you can call us on 1300 300 361. That's 1300 300 361. On behalf of the entire team here at Focus, I'm Brett Ryan, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Focus on the Family Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.